Good morning, everyone. Hope you had a good Christmas break. Uh, very quickly, on your right-hand side, there will be a friendship book, if you guys don't mind filling those out and passing those through the row as well. We already covered that, I think, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just so excited to be here this morning. I, I love New Year's, and so being able to preach a New Year's message uh, is just such a blessing, and so I'm really looking forward to this message. I, as I was kind of preparing, I was a little bit worried uh, because I was like, ah, I just, I don't know what, what you want me to preach, God. And so I spent a lot of time praying, and, and God just continually led this one thing on my heart again and again. And I was like, okay, God, but you realize you're asking me to really preach a message. And so uh, this is my accountability that I'm going to preach a message today. Uh, but yeah, I, I love New Year's for a variety of reasons. Uh, it's an excuse to spend more time with family and friends. And, and honestly, who needs a, another reason? That's an amazing time. I enjoy the hype that goes into every New Year's, the fact that every year as a new one approaches, it's a time when we can actually look at a fresh sheet of paper and to say, okay, what is my life going to look like this next year? What does God want me to do with this next year? And, and I love that fact that every year we just get to reset. And I think the older I, I get, it, the more it seems like, I, like I'm on a mountain bike in the mountains and, I, and I'm sticking to the trails which are used and well-worn down and I'm just barely able to hold on as I speed down the trail. Now I have to say, last year was actually my first time ever mountain biking. Uh, we as a staff kind of went on this experience together and, and there was a lot of people really excited about that part. I was excited because I'm like, hey, biking. I, I enjoy biking. I've always loved biking since I was a kid. I didn't realize that there was a difference between mountain biking and city biking. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that <laughs> there's a difference, uh, but there's quite a bit of a difference, and I'll talk to you about that here. I would love to say that the whole time it was a magical experience, and that I just nailed it. I'd be lying. <laughs> in our whole group, I probably did the worst, at least I feel like I did. Uh, and in our group, we had some really experienced people, and then we had the whole gambit from them, and, and people who were pretty experienced, somewhat experienced, gone once or twice, and then me. <laughs> and, uh, and like I said, I was excited, but honestly, the ride was terrifying. <laughs> uh, I was nervous, and I really only did it because the group was with me, and, the, and even when I got really, like, just kind of like, I, I'm done, I really don't want to keep going, the group was going, and they're like, come on, Quinn, you can do this, keep it up, you're doing good, and, and they kept me going they kept me encouraged and 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 those bikes are so uncomfortable <laughs> you hit a bump and you yeah you feel that bike seat it's uh it's pretty pretty awesome <laughs> and uh and so the i will say the ride had some glorious views there was mountains all around us and and that was a highlight for sure and and finishing and completing a section felt really good and that was awesome but it had recently rained <laughs> And so adding that to the equation made it a lot more treacherous than I was even anticipating or expecting. And before you tease me, I, like I said, I enjoy biking, and I would say I know how to ride a bike well, and, and I'm pretty good at riding a bike. But that was a whole different ballgame. 
I, uh, it was a whole different experience, and, and one, honestly, that I probably would like to do again, um, but maybe not in the rain, meaning, oh yes, I fell off, and I fell in the mud, and I was covered in mud, uh, and I found after we kind of finished the bike ride, we kind of grouped up, and we were talking about the experience, and, and it was just so interesting because for some, this little ride <laughs> was an easy path. It was, it was a simple mountain bike ride. And they were like, yeah, it, it was good. Like, I, it was a good workout. <laughs> it was just it was a little fun little jaunt down the, down the mountain. And, and then for others, it was a little complicated, but, but they succeeded and they felt really good about it. And, and then there was me who was ready to give up uh, time and time again. But I, I, I just kept getting encouraged and kept getting challenged to keep going. And I did that. I wasn't, like, complaining the whole time, being like, oh, I'm done. I want to quit. But more so that internal struggle, right, of, like, man, okay, I, just, I really just got to keep going because the group is going. And I want to be with the group. And I want to be a part of this experience. And I think life can be a lot like that. can be a lot like that bike ride. Each year is like a bike ride on a mountain path, one which can be easy and manageable if you're used to it, and if you're used to what's going on and the experiences that are happening in that year. One, one that you need to perhaps to warm up to, and, and, and you will eventually get the bike under control, and you'll be able to control the way it goes. But I find life is always ramping up the difficulty, and, and, and sometimes not even so slowly, I mean, do you remember how you learned to ride a bike? I was watching videos, and, and I was trying to find a funny one, and I'm like, those look painful. So I didn't find any, <laughs> but I just, like, I was watching people learning how to ride a bike, and you just see them biff it or, or run into a sign, and you're like, ooh. Maybe for you, you're actually teaching one of your kids to ride a bike or a niece or a nephew. I, I think even the simple act of biking can be complicated to the inexperienced. Never mind when you introduce so many other elements like riding downhill or, or riding through the mud or th- over roots. And, but life can be like that. Sometimes life can be easy and manageable. And in the next heartbeat, it transforms into one of the most difficult paths that you can ever imagine. Maybe this last year was like my experience riding a bike, a mountain bike. Maybe life became incredibly complicated, seemingly out of nowhere. Or, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a good year because you put the time and energy to make it so. Or, or maybe just things flowed easy this last year. Whatever year this last one was, we have a fresh one coming up ahead of us. One which is ready to be scribed on. And, and, and one which can have an important impact in the direction or the path that your life is going to go. And I think the reason I love New Year's is also for the New Year's resolutions that we make. I, I like them so much because it gives us this perspective, this new perspective on the way that we want to handle this upcoming year. Maybe it helps guide how we live out this year or, or some things or choices or decisions that we're going to make and, and, and we just want it to go a certain direction. You know, maybe for some of us, it's I want to hit the gym more often. Maybe it's I want to spend more time with my family. Maybe it's giving something up. All great things. All great changes on perspective of what this next year could be. 
And that's where my message is going today, on perspective. But as I talk about perspective, I want to define what I mean, what perspective means, just as a kind of reminder to all of us. But I also want to talk about the God perspective, which really is what we're going to be focusing on. So perspective, in case you forgot, means a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something. It's a point of view is really what it is. But what I'm going to be talking about today is what if we caught God's perspective, his way of viewing and understanding things? How transformative could that be? Not only in regards to to circumstances in life or, or certain elements of life, but what if we caught his perspective in regards to our whole life? Absolutely every aspect of our life. What if we caught it in regards to our church? I don't know if you've spent uh, time thinking about what your New Year's resolution this year might be, but as I was preparing for this sermon, I got caught up with that idea. If rather than choosing a New Year's resolution that kind of everyone else is going to make or, or some things that are good things for us, but what if we could get God's perspective on our life and what if we made our new year's resolution not an easy or 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 perhaps a difficult but one that we can achieve on our own what if we didn't do that one but instead we got a godly new year's resolution what if our dreams for our future would not be just small dreams that we can make happen on our own but what if our dreams took the work of god to make happen in our life What if our New Year's resolution this year would not be just one that we can make happen on our own strength, but took God reaching into our life and directing our path to actually make it happen? Are you open to that? It's a tough question to dwell on, because really what we're asking is, are you open to God leading completely this next year? Are you open to asking the God of the universe who makes the impossible possible to breathe life into a dream. A dream so big that will, it will take God's presence to make it a reality. And more to the point, us catching God's perspective on our life. When I think of dreams like that, my mind goes to the big dreamer in the Bible, right? Joseph. Let's read his story. Just a, just a short little snippet of it. it. It's found in Genesis 37, if you'd like to turn there. Uh, I'm going to be reading from the message version, uh, verses 3 to 11. It'll be on the screen behind me in case you don't have that translation. Uh, but here it is. Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was a child of his old age. And he made him an elaborately embroidered coat. When his brothers realized that their father loved him more than them, they grew to hate him. They wouldn't even speak to him. Joseph had a dream when he told it to his, sorry, Joseph had a dream when he told it to his brothers. They hated him even more. He said, listen to this dream I had. We were all out in a field gathering bundles of wheat. And all of a sudden my bundle stood straight up and your bundles circled around it and bowed down to mine. Just a heads up. Joseph is the youngest brother, telling that to all his older brothers. I'm the youngest of a lot. <laughs> and if I was to go to my brothers, like, hey, I'm going to rule over you. 
would not go well. Let's keep going, though. <laughs> his brothers said, so you're going to rule us. You're going to boss us around. And they hated him even more because of his dream and the way he talked. And then Joseph sticks his foot in, the mouth, in his mouth and he tells them about another dream. He had another dream and told his brothers also. I dreamed another dream. The sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowed down to me. And when he told it to his father and brothers, his, father's, his father reprimanded him. What's all this dreaming? Am I and your mother and your brothers all supposed to bow down to you? Now his brothers were really jealous, but his father brooded or, or thought deeply over the whole business. The story of Joseph is pretty wild. It's a pretty familiar one, so we're not going to go into all of it. But here's a summary in case you don't remember it. God gives Joseph this dream of him ruling over his brothers and his parents. Granted, it's a weird dream, but also a God dream. By that I mean it was God giving it to him, but it also means that it was not in his power to make it happen. It's only when God reaches down and guides his story that it happens. And God does this through the the strangest string of events ever. Joseph ends up, shortly after these dreams, being taken by his brothers and being sold into slavery. Of course, this is after his brothers debated whether to kill him or not. Then his brothers go back to his parents with Joseph's fancy coat, being covered in blood, hinting at him being killed by an animal. His parents weep at their loss of a son. But this is all a part of God's plan, working to make the dream that he gave Joseph come true. Because through Joseph bouncing between slavery, working for people, and jail, he eventually winds up being the Pharaoh's right-hand man, the second in command. Now this dream wasn't just a dream for Joseph and, and perhaps his status I don't think that's what Joseph would have wanted either. I don't think he really wanted to rule over his family or other people or anything like that. But the dream happened so that God could fulfill his promise of looking after his people. It's through Joseph being the governor that the Israelites find the favor in the eyes of the Egyptians and Pharaoh in particular. So that during the famine that was happening at that time, that God could look after and provide for his chosen people. It's all because of this crazy dream that Joseph had. It it all started when Joseph had this dream and he told his brothers. It put it all into motion. I think that's an important piece to understand as we start looking at, you know, New Year's resolutions or what our dreams for the future is. Because God has a dream for each and every single one of us. He has a perspective on how we are to live our life. And just like Joseph, it is not always, most of the time, almost all of the time, even about us. The dreams and the perspective that he has for us. There's such a broader and larger perspective that God has on it all. And it is about the entire world. And we have a similar dream here with Terwilliger Community Church. That Terwilliger and the surrounding area would come to know Jesus. That they would walk with Jesus and share Jesus with the world around them. That we might fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples, you and me both. It's our dream for our entire church here. But it's also the same dream that we have for the people who are maybe just out and about walking around in the community today. 
a dream that we want to see them come to know Jesus. And it's a dream that God has given us as a church to be a light in the world. And that dream fits right in line with Scripture. If you want to turn to Matthew 5, uh, 14 to 16, it'll be on the screen as well. You are a light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Our dream and perspective has been to be a light on a, hilltop, on a hilltop. And honestly, I believe we're doing amazingly well at that. This church is a shining beacon in this community. I mean, when I talk to people, I, I go to Remedy often, and so I'll go there and I'll talk with the staff there, or if I encounter other people there and I start a conversation, and then I mention that I work here at the church. Every time they're like, oh, you go, you work there, oh, you're a pastor there. That is such an amazing church. That is such an amazing group of people that you have at that church. And I think a big part of why that is, is that we have realized here at Terwilliger Community Church that this building is just that. It's not a church. It's, it's, a, it's a building that houses the church. You and me and, and all of us. It's incredible that we use this building to bless the community through renting it out at such a great price, through putting on events that we do like Winter Delight and all the other awesome ones that we do. We are using what God has gifted us with and turning it around and using it as a gift to the world around us. What a way to make an impact in the lives of other people. But I think it's even more than that. It's that we are a group of people here who are worshiping God with our life. And we've decided that we want to see other people come to know Jesus. And so we do the first step of that, which is to love the people that we come in contact with. Love always transforms people. Love always impacts people. Love makes a difference every single time. But I think it's time now more than ever before that we need to continue to be that light in the world that shines brightly wherever we are. A light that goes to and fro in our own neighborhoods, workplaces, and schools, bringing the light of Jesus to the people we come in contact with. The first part of this passage in Matthew 5, do you guys remember what it says? It says that you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. It's challenging to go into the world and restore the true hope, true joy, true peace, and true love that is found in God alone. To restore the saltiness that is lacking in the world around us. The world is hungry for the good news and the true hope which is found in and is Jesus. So my challenge for you today, my challenge for me today is are you willing to dream again? Are you willing to catch God's perspective and make this 2019 the wildest adventure you've ever had? Because you have God's perspective on life. 
a perspective that says God is alive and he is active. He is risen and seated on the throne and it is coming back soon. And we as, as his people are called to pave the way to prepare for his second return through telling people about Jesus. To be the means of which the good news goes into the world. And if we are ready to do that, it means that we need to start to look at each day as an opportunity to be that light in our community. Representing the true light that is talked about in John chapter 1. That light came into the world. We need to shine brightly together, not only here on Sunday mornings, but keeping that torch lit as we go about our week. And the second thing we need to do with that is we need to start making and paving paths for people to get to Jesus. That means we are going to need to go on a bike ride that won't be the most comfortable, relaxing thing. And we need to go on a ride that will be anything and everything but comfortable and relaxing. We're, that means that we're going to need to take this challenge and we need to accept that this year, if we're going to do this, if we're going to be that light in the community, if we're going to be that light in the world, that this year is going to be hard. That this year is going to be tough. It's going to be full of risks and trials. And, and quite honestly, it's going to force us to our knees in surrender to Jesus, crying out to him and saying, God, we can't do this on our own strength. God, we don't have the words to say to our neighbors. God, we, we, we don't know what we need to do for this family next to us. But Abba Father, we're, we're, we're just ready to do your will. And it's going to mean sacrifice in our life. It's also going to mean that we're going to need to repent of our sins and accept that God's way is best. His way is best. Even though it always doesn't make sense to us, like I'm sure, like 100% positive, it didn't make sense to Joseph either. Or to his family. But yet God, his way is best. We're going, to have to start, we're going to have to trust that this year will be a year of plenty. Even though the world around us is saying it's going to be a famine. What I mean by that is it, it, the world around us is saying that it's going to be a spiritual famine here soon. The world around us is pushing Jesus out. It's pushing Christian morals out. And we are fighting more and more to keep the way that we live life alive. And we need, we're needing to prove more and more that it makes sense to believe in Jesus. We are needing to defend and fight for our kids more and more and tell them that there is a truth in the world. We're going to need to defend that there actually is truth out in the world. And his name is Jesus. We're going to need to believe that this year we will see more people come to Jesus because we are going to start living it out more. We're going to start telling people more about Jesus. We're going to start being him to the world around us. And we're going to see people come to know Jesus more than ever before in the history of TCC if we choose to live that way. And I think we should. Because I think this world desperately needs Jesus. 
We're going to believe that we'll see more people baptized this year because they are wanting to surrender all to God who surrendered everything to us through his death on a cross for our sins. We believe God will be restoring marriages. God will be restoring health to those who are sick. We're going to believe that God can bring peace to those who are really anxious. We're going to believe that he can bring hope to places where there are none because that is our God. He doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's our God. And he's done miracles in the past and he's going to be doing miracles in the future. And this year is the future and God's going to be doing amazing things this year. Amen? We're going to accept and understand that our life is not about us, but it's about God's glory. Much like Joseph, we're going to have to give up control on the way that we want things to go. And just like God, control and order our footsteps. We're going to have to choose to listen to the hard and challenging words that Jesus said to his disciples, which then he said to us in Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? I don't know about you, but I'm really interested in my soul. And I'm really interested in what God is doing in the world. And I definitely want to be a part of it. How about you? And finally, it means that we're going to have to accept God's perspective on our own life and surrender our life to him completely. I, I can't help but get excited like a, on a, with a sermon like today's. I can't help but starting to get the, the, the images of what can God do if we choose to truly follow him, if we choose to truly start sacrificing in the ways that he's telling us to sacrifice. Because God provided for how many Israelites and how many Israelites and, and, and how many people over time and time again. And, and Joseph's story is just one part of that. One man was given a dream and it protected a whole nation, a whole family which birthed a nation rather. It, it's incredible to see the way that God does things not just for us when we say yes to a dream that he's put inside us, but how he can impact the world around us as well. And I, and I think, or rather I know, that if we do this, if we surrender this life, that it'll be an amazing ride. Because just like my bike ride in the mountains, some of us are more confident on this bike ride of faith. Others pretty confident and others of us nervous because we don't really know what's going to happen. But much like the bike ride, our faith is meant to be lived out together. And so even when we're nervous, even when we get shaken, even if we stumble and fall, we still have people around us who are going to hold us up, support us and tell us, hey, you can do this. You can make it. We believe in you. God has a better plan and picture in mind. Just keep pushing forward, and I'm going to help you push forward. I'm going to help you take that next step. Man, what an amazing life that God has called us to do.
And we need to remember to be that loving support to one another because that makes such a difference in people's lives. So I want to ask you guys, I'm going to, can you guys put that prayer on the screen? I'm going to invite you guys here in a moment to pray this prayer with me. I, I title it a dangerous prayer because if we choose to really say this, if we choose to really surrender, if we choose to really be God's servant in the world, it's going to cost us. But what we gain is going to be so much better. We're going to gain fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. We're going to gain friends. And honestly, we're going to gain more of God's spirit in our life. Because when we start redoing this life more and more with him, the Holy Spirit is just going to come and he's going to give his presence to us more and more. And so the weaker we get, the stronger he gets in our life. So I want to challenge you guys. If you would stand and join me in praying this prayer. Let's ask God to place his perspective and dreams in us for this year of 2019. Let's pray. Just pray it out loud with me. God, we surrender this next year to you. We desire to have your perspective on what this next year needs to look like. We need you, Jesus. We can't do this life without you. We confess and ask for forgiveness where we have chosen on our own ways over your ways. God, we desire for change. Change in us and change in the world. We know that begins with letting you change our worlds. So God, use us to make the change you desire in the world. Open our hearts and our minds to see the things that you, the way you do. Give us your perspective. God, this next year, 2019, is for you. We are excited to see what you will do. And we pray like Samuel did. Speak, God, for your servant is listening. God, God, that's our prayer for this year. That's our prayer for today and onwards, Lord God. May you have your way in our life. We deeply desire your presence and God, we know that when we pray, when we open ourselves up, Lord God, it's not a matter of, of trying to get a prayer to a distant God, but rather praying and speaking directly to a God who is right beside us. And so God, we just lift this to you. We pray this to you. We surrender this to you. We're so excited about 2019 is going to mean and what it's going to do. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Everyone said... Amen.